0: Today is the first Sunday of the Trinity Sunday, and the Gospel reading appointed for today is from St. Luke's Gospel, the 16th chapter, beginning with the 19th verse. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, Between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that you may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. Last Sunday we considered that most precious gift which the Lord grants to us, that we would know him. All that men treasure passes away, but the knowledge of the Lord never passes away thus that we read in the Old Testament reading appointed for today from Jeremiah the ninth chapter. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, nor let the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. The word of the Lord teaches us that everything which men value is only a gift from God, but that which the Lord gives to us that is beyond all human comprehension is to know God himself. The gospel which we hear today teaches the tragic consequences of not believing this, and the eternal joy which accompanies the faith, which the Holy Spirit creates and sustains in our hearts, in the hearts of believers. There were two men, One had everything that the world values. For we read, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. We are even told that his home had a gate. He was wealthy. He had everything which accompanied a position of great social standing. He was blessed with a large family, for he had five brothers for whom he was concerned. By every measure that this world uses, he was quite fortunate indeed. He was of Israel, for he calls Abraham father, which was true according to the flesh. He was thus of the circumcision, but he had not faith. He had power, but he did not believe truly in the one who had bestowed it on him. He had wealth, but he cared nothing for the needs of the poor Israelite who was laid at his gate. We are taught from the small catechism to rightly understand the first article of the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, as follows. I believe that God has made me and all creatures. He has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my limbs, my reason and all my senses, and still preserves them. In addition thereto, clothing and shoes, meat and drink, house and homestead, wife and children, fields, cattle, and all my goods. He provides me richly and daily with all that I need to support this body and life, protects me from all danger, guards me, and preserves me from all evil, and all this out of, purely, pure, out of pure fatherly divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness in me, for all which I owe it to him to thank, praise, serve, and obey him. This is most certainly true. Now, do not misunderstand the nature of the tragedy of the rich man. I strongly suspect that such a one would be prepared to very piously declare that, yes, the Lord had bestowed all these things on him. For consider the prayer of the Pharisee in the temple, who declared, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. The Pharisee attributed his piety and charity to the Lord even has he denied his status as an unworthy sinner. The Lord's word tells us that such a one did not go down to his house justified. So then, the rich man might very well have made pious noises, thanking God, for so blessing him with power, might, and even wisdom. Yet his heart remained far from God. For Abraham says to him, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus, evil things. When the rich man had his wisdom, power, and wealth, he had everything from the Lord that he desired. But all that he had was what any heathen might receive. Again, as we are taught from the small catechism, God gives daily bread, even without our prayer, to all wicked men. We pray in this petition that he would lead us to know it and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. And the receipt of daily bread with thanksgiving begins with how we view and use such daily bread. We hear in the words of St. John's first epistle, God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. But what does this mean? When men speak of love, it is the most nebulous of things in the sin-addled minds of men. Our generation demonstrates every day there is very little comprehension of what love truly is. But the word of the Lord does not leave us guessing. For we are told, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Love attends a soul which is at peace in conscience because of reconciliation with God. Thus there is not a fear of the coming day of judgment. The lack of such fear is not the result of ignorance, but of faith. A man's conscience might be dulled by sin, but that does not save him. A man's conscience is at peace with God when, like Lazarus, there is not bitterness over the things of this world, because there is a divinely bestowed love and trust in God above all things. Again, as we read in Jeremiah chapter 9, But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight. The peace in conscience is related to one's love for the brethren. This is where we have much to learn from the Lord's word. St. John tells us, if someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. But did not the rich man have love for his brothers? After all, he said to Abraham, I beg you therefore, father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. The rich man counted his brethren according to the flesh. He demonstrates that he does not count believing Lazarus among his brethren. Jesus declared in, in Luke chapter 14: If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Here the Lord speaks of brethren according to the flesh who did not have faith. The faith brings division in the household. Again, we read in Matthew chapter 12, but he answered and said to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? He stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. The word thus teaches us what it means to love or hate a brother. On account of the faith, there may be hatred among those who are brethren according to the flesh. Those who do not believe often persecute those who are of the church. The history of Christendom is full of such circumstances. But the Word teaches us that all those who share true faith and are baptized into Christ are our brethren. For a mark of faith, of being among the brethren, is whoever does the will of my Father, as Jesus declares. And the will of the Father... Is that we believe rightly concerning the Son of God. Thus, as we have heard in Jeremiah 9, but let him who glories glory in this, the understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising judgment and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight. The rich man was all concerned regarding his five brothers in the flesh, while he showed no concern for Lazarus. Lazarus, as one who is of Israel, should have been fed from the table of the rich man and clothed out of the abundance of the rich man's wealth. He should have had his infirmities cared for out of the wealth which had been bestowed on the rich man. The rich man was no brother to Lazarus in this life, so neither was he in the life of the world to come. Society would have held him in contempt if he had thus treated his five brothers in this way, but neglect for a believer was perfectly acceptable. At most, the rich man saw Lazarus as someone to do his bidding just as he had seen such people in this world. Our concern is for the saints of the Lord, because they are our brethren in Christ. Thus, when they err in life or doctrine, we rebuke them. In the eventuality that they stray from the faith, we mark and avoid them as a call to them to repent while there is time. When they have a need, we meet that need. Of ourselves, we do not know the Lord. So how could we know who should be our brethren in Christ? the Lord calls us by the working of the Holy Spirit through the word that we might believe and be saved. Thus, that great consolation which we have heard from the gospel today, that is sufficient that we hear from the word of the Lord in Moses, the prophets, the apostles, the evangelists. For in that word, we receive all that is sufficient for salvation. For the Holy Spirit works through that word to create and sustain faith. The Lord calls us through the working of the Holy Spirit through the word that we might believe and be saved. And we have discernment through the word of the faith and faithful confession of others. The character of the faithful church is that which St. Paul expresses in Titus chapter 2, where he writes, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. The older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, and patience. The older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior. Not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, do they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise exhort the young men to be sober minded, in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned. The one that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. And in all of these things, we see the ample testimony of the divine word for us to be led to repentance of our sins. The Christ who bore our sins in his own body is the savior of Lazarus and of all who believe. Lazarus was not saved by poverty, nor was the rich man condemned for his wealth. But Lazarus knew the Lord, and thus knew who he is. The rich man knew not the Lord, no matter how much others might have thought that he did. And thus he knew not his brethren. Jesus offered up his life and sacrifice so that all who are his brothers and sisters through faith would have the forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life. We know God, for we have been baptized into Christ. And repenting of our selfishness, we know that Christ is our life and our hope and we are blessed to serve as his instruments for the care of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Let us pray. O God, the strength of all them that put their trust in thee, mercifully accept our prayers, and because through the weakness of our mortal nature we can do no good thing without thee, grant us the help of thy grace, that in keeping thy commandments we may please thee both in will and deed. through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to visit them today for the 10.30 a.m. worship service. Sunday school is available for all ages at 9.30 a.m. Salem is located approximately two miles north of Malone, off of FM 308. These broadcasts are provided through the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.